It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. It's another edition of Make the Dough Rise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe. He is, of course, a certified financial planner at Living Worth Wealth Advisors, serving you in the Lake Country and beyond with an office in Greensboro, Georgia. We've got a great show on the way today, exploring several, I think, important questions about longevity and looking at retirement maybe a little bit differently. There's an MIT study involved in today's show. What happens if retirement gets boring? These are going to be the kinds of things we're exploring on today's show, and I can't wait to get to all of it. Brian, it's good to be with you this week. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing great, doing great. Had a nice... Uh... Father's Day weekend, and, um, and 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 we need to share a, a lonely Father's Day weekend, but not in a bad way. You you enjoyed yourself. Well, I I, I milk it. Don't don't tell my wife, but I, I'm milking it <laughs> for the sad and lonely part and, and the sympathy because I may need this you know one day as a right. as a bargaining point. But yeah, my my whole family were headed off with the cousins and the grandparents and the aunts, and I think they've got about thirty people at two beach houses down in Florida. And, I'm a more you know peace and quiet kind of guy, and so I opted out. I, I had some conflicts. I couldn't I couldn't make it for the whole trip, and so I ended up on Father's Day alone, peaceful, quiet. Smoked some salmon on the new pellet smoker, putzed around the house, did a bunch of stuff, got got some projects caught up, and uh, it was it was very nice. I'm, I survived. Not not a bad uh, not a bad year to have a little bit of solo time. So exactly. maybe next year they'll take you to the beach too, though. Well, I'm headed down there Wednesday, and then I'll have like a day and a half of the chaos, which is plenty. Okay, nice. And, nice. and then I'm grabbing one of my daughters, and we're heading around to the like Central Florida and North Florida. There's a bunch of those blue springs that bubble up from all the water aquifers under underneath the uh, uh, Florida soil there, and uh, we're going to go rent clear kayaks and go snorkeling and get GoPro footage, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. That will be very fun, and I uh, can't wait to hear some more about that trip and looking forward to the details of, uh, of all of that. That's great. Well, I mentioned what we have coming up on today's show. We're going to dive into all of it here in a few moments, but before we do, uh, Brian, know that we have uh, quite a few new listeners to the show, uh, new clients that have come on board uh, with your team as well, and so we've got an, a lot of new uh, ears tuning in this time around. So we thought it would be fun to just take a, a quick break here at the beginning of the show to get to know you a little bit better for those who are new to the program by asking you a few uh, just kind of off-the-wall questions. We call them getting-to-know-you questions, if yeah. you will. So Far we play, away, yeah. play along with us here. Okay. Yeah. Thought this would be fun. Just to reveal a little more of your personality and get to know you. First of all, tell us about your hometown, and is there anything uh, that is famous about the town where you're from? I, I grew up in probably one of the most unremarkable places in the middle of a cornfield in the, uh, southeastern Minnesota, a town called Austin, Minnesota. But it is highly famous as the birthplace of Spam luncheon meat, Hormel Spam, Foods. the Spam yeah, yeah. capital, if you will. Spam capital, and, and not not the spam we think of with email and and uh, you know getting bombed with advertising email. The original spam that was created, the, the the canned sandwich meat, and so they they've it's called now Spam Town USA. They've got a museum to spam there, and I took the kids there about six years ago. We did we did one of our big road trips, and we did some cool stuff, epic stuff. And it's funny to this day if you ask them what their favorite part of that road trip was, it was it was the spam museum. So uh, 
you know, if you're ever in that part of the the country and get through there, you know, go 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 check it out. It's it's an interesting place because they they have one of Hormel Foods' largest uh, packing plants there. And so I always joked. I said that that was the town where in the morning the whole town smelled like a stockyard, and then by the middle of the afternoon the whole town smelled like bacon. That's incredible. Is that not like the best uh, the best evolution of a day you can imagine for a place? <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah, it was definitely an improvement every day, and d- depending on which way the wind was blowing, it. Uh, you got different impacts of it. Yeah, no kidding. I would imagine. Um, yeah, really, a really healthy um, town by morning and very unhealthy by dinner time. It sounds like probably how people's stomachs were going. Uh, not growling much with the early smells, but then everybody was ready. It, for at a least big it dinner. went in the right direction by the end of the day, right? That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't getting worse throughout the day. At least that's helpful. Uh, well, very cool. All right. So that's what's most famous about your hometown, a spam town, if you will. If you had to live for the rest of your life in one place that you've traveled to before, where would it be? So now you've got to, you've got to live there. We're forcing you to live there for the rest of your life. But what are you going to pick? All right, that's, that, that's tough because I have traveled a lot and I've done a lot of international travel. And there are some cool places. Like J- Japan is amazing and awesome. I love uh, places like Nepal, the, the scenery and the, the culture and the food, northern India, places like that. Couldn't live in any of those though. Turks and Caicos, probably in the running, maybe, but that's uh, maybe a little bit limiting. Just beach all the time. I need variety, so I would have to settle on actually right here in the U.S. The Southwest, uh, Utah. We, we talk about Utah all the time. Yeah, you recently had a trip there. Yeah, so you, you've got uh, overlanding, you've got skiing, mm-hmm. you've got deserts, you've got mountains. You, you sure you that's can, not just recency bias? You've, you've just That was the most recent place you went to? That, that may have something to do with that. Are we doing behavioral finance here? Or are we... <laughs> I thought I'd throw a little financial connection in there, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I listen to the good. shows. <laughs> you're learning, you're learning. This is I'm good. Learning. I like exactly. it. I like it. Yeah, it would, it would have to be Utah. I think I could, yeah. uh, I, I I could call that a retirement home. There's, there's enough there. Some of our uh, some of our best friends, um, a couple that we know really well, and their two kids, they're they're in Utah right now for a month. So I think they're right around the same area where you just explored, and they rented a house there, and they're just doing a whole month. So that's it's pretty cool. So the kids get to do a whole month there. They're working; both spouses work remotely, and so it's a pretty cool setup. And it's something they're going to try and do every year: is pick a different place to go for a month in the summer. And, oh, great uh, idea. What uh, it's just it's so cool, isn't it? So they're doing Utah this year, and they want to try international one year too, but they thought they'd start their first year with something, you know, still still domestic for now. Well, Utah is amazing because the, the summer there has stayed very mild, mm-hmm. and this is apparently the bloom in the desert has been like the best it's been in, in 10 years. So it's been a great, great time to be there. All right, very cool. All right, uh, and the third and final getting to know you question for Brian. Uh, Brian, what about your current life with the college-aged version of yourself have the toughest time believing? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. It's uh, <laughs> a funny one. L- to let's ponder, just say I, I, I was a little bit slow to launch. This is probably not one of that was probably not one of my like proudest crowning achievement uh, times of my life. I was trying to figure out what what to do, but I think I would be most amazed with how well my life has turned out. Yeah, you know, I've got a great spouse and the kids and enjoy what I'm doing. And it just w- when I was going through college, I, have I told you about my 654 program? The 654? No, that doesn't ring a bell. You, you, you've never heard of the 654 program? 654? No. Uh-uh. Oh, this is, this is an amazing, amazing college program that I developed where you, you spend six years 
go to five different schools, four states, <laughs> three girlfriends, two cars, and one bachelor's degree. Nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, and yeah, you, I think... I, you've almost got a 12 majors, Days of Christmas song worked out there. Yeah, I just need to add a few more. Uh, it should it maybe done it seven or eight years. I could have really had a, a, a countdown for it. But, you know, I was, I was changing majors a lot. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And just took me a while to, to get settled and, and get focused. And uh, to some degree, I'm still working on that. But uh, I think I've got it pretty well figured out now. So You actually it, had it, me it, Googling 654 program. I was looking it up <laughs> to see if it was a real thing. It, it's not like international baccalaureate <laughs> or uh, something prestigious like that. It truly was, uh, I think, a one-off. That's awesome. I love it. That's great. Well, that's it kind of surprises me, actually, to hear you say that and admit that because you just always strike me as a person who knows what he's doing and what's going on and have a lot of that, have a lot of confidence in, in how you operate. So it's, if, if I were to have guessed, I would have said you knew what you wanted to do from a young age and, and just stuck on that path and, and achieved it, you know, kind of right in front of you, just kind of pictured you as that sort of person. So I think I have a, uh, insatiable curiosity is what it is. And I'm just, I, I'm interested in so many different things and, um, like exploring them all. And I, I didn't have great guidance at the time. So I think that's, that is kind of a lesson for uh, what we'll talk about today is, is getting a plan and getting some guidance and getting some help with where you're trying to go and know what you're aiming at uh, certainly helps. But um, yeah, my, my random approach worked out pretty well. And um, like I said, looking back at the time, all the confusion of it and the frustration of it, uh, it, it certainly ended up in a good spot. Well, that's a perfect place to segue into our conversation of the day because we're not getting into the nitty and gritty of the numbers on today's episode necessarily. So uh, a little bit maybe more the emotional side of planning or just some of the other considerations that you might need to have. And so, like I said at the beginning, we're going to cover a lot of ground here. And you're exactly right, Brian, as we kind of tackle these different topics. Sometimes you can have a plan and it doesn't quite work out that way and you get pushed in another direction in your younger life, that can also happen to people in retirement. And so it kind of adjusts this new world of planning that we're in, if you will. Like everybody's retirement doesn't look like the next person's, which maybe in previous generations it did. Everyone's retirement kind of followed the same arc. It seems like people can choose a lot of different paths nowadays. Yeah, and we'll actually have a resource that talks very specifically about that and how we think about retirement. But uh, what what prompted this topic was recently a couple of things. One, I redid my estate planning documents, wills, uh, set up a new trust, and, and you know, just went through the whole you know rigmarole of what's going to happen when you die and who who gets what, who's in charge if if you're incapacitated. So that 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 makes you think of the kind of the negative side of of aging and retirement and end of life. But then uh, over this past weekend, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine and we were, we were playing poker and gin rummy. And I mean, we just spent hours and hours just sitting there playing games and relaxing and enjoying. And it was very nice, but, and, and he's very, very successful. So in a, at a point where he could certainly could retire, but he's very high energy, high you know ambition kind of person as well. And he's like, he, we we'd been going on several hours of, of card games. He's like, you know, I wonder if uh, this is what, retirement's like 
I'm like, are you just going to do this all through retirement? And I said, oh my gosh, I, I hope not. <laughs> I said, this is great. Like when you're busy and you have a lot going on, it's nice to have a, a couple of days of relaxing and enjoying and playing. But um, you know, to do that every day, I think would, you know, kind of take me back to my college days that we were talking about. I, I have too many things I'm curious about, interested in. And if I'm not tied down and, and burdened with, you know, a job or a workload, I would certainly hope I had a bunch of really cool stuff planned. Some sitting on the beach, some sitting around, you know, playing games and all that stuff. But I, I am not going to be a sit and retire and and do nothing kind of person. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I, I can certainly see that. Or maybe it's like a lot of things in life. It's just that balance. Like leave yourself some time to relax, but leave yourself some time to get, to get busy. I, I don't know. We have the same problem right now, Brian. I mean, we just... I can't sit still anymore. It's really hard to uh, hard to relax. Like we're like, oh, we really need a week. We've been traveling a lot. We really need a weekend here at home to just sit and do nothing and read and sit on the porch. Like we've got a beautiful view mm-hmm. of the mountains. Let's just sit here, read and, and chill. Nah, we're gonna get in the car and drive three hours away to go look for a moose and and spend our <laughs> right. entire day doing that, driving through bumpy dirt roads and out, you know, for a for a twelve hour excursion. You know, <laughs> like when we get but- back, we're like, what were we thinking? <laughs> But, but but is is that rejuvenating for you? Is that relaxing and, and enjoyable to do that? It's it's incredibly enjoyable. And then I find myself never regretting. I mean, you'll be like, oh, maybe we should have just sat around and done nothing. We'd be more rested. But I never actually regret going out and doing something fun and engaging and exciting and interesting. Where there are days where you'll sit around and do nothing where I'm like, oh, I really should have gone and done something today. You know? Yeah. And, and occasionally you do need those rest days to just have downtime and do nothing. But yeah. Free you don't need as many of away. them as you think is, is is what I have sort of discovered in my life. Like, yes, take those rest days every once in a while, but you don't need as many as maybe your brain sometimes tells you you need. Yeah. And, and a lot of times just getting the change of scenery and doing something epic can be as regenerative and, and restorative or as restful as laying around and I don't know what watching reality TV all weekend or something like that. Yeah. I don't even find that restful. That's stressful <laughs> watching other people's yeah. drama. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, very interesting. And this all kind of wraps into this conversation about longevity, right? Because man, we're just living a lot longer these days. And so we have more time and we're often healthier earlier in our retirement years than we've ever been before. So it's just like a different definition of freedom that people are operating with in their retirement years. Yeah. And I've been seeing a lot of that. We've talked about demographics in the past. The population is aging. We've got a lot more retirees out there and everybody's living longer. We've talked about what that's going to you know, due to Medicare, Social Security, portfolio longevity, and all the all the financial stuff, but we haven't really talked about the the life changes and the transitions. And I'm not I'm no psychologist, but I, I definitely deal with and have seen a lot of people uh, manage this transition over the years. And personally, for me, I watching my girls grow up and you know, kind of getting ready to move on. We're we're all, they're all in high school this year, so you know, over the next few years, everybody's going to be off to college. And they aren't consuming as much of my time as they did. And I realized how much of my life was wrapped up in taking care of the kids and getting them where they need to be and you know, all the schedules and all that kind of stuff. And so I've had this little bit of time to think about what, what am I going to do with the next you know, 10, 15 years of my life? Yeah, because I've got quite a lot ways to go with uh, being able to continue what I do because I enjoy it. But other people are in different situations where maybe they're they're tired of their jobs, they're want to retire, they are sick of work or aren't 
appreciated or, or maybe they've been downsized and, and just kind of pushed out. So there's a, a framework that I've got that's helpful for looking at what, what you're moving towards and from. And I've always used what I call the freedom factor question, and I've tied it to money. And I said, now if, you, if money wasn't a problem, what would that free you to do versus what it would free you from? And most people don't ever think of it this way, but the, the best way I've had it summed up was, was if you're able to write a check, you cease to have a problem. So all the stuff that annoys you, bothers you, you don't enjoy, you don't get satisfaction out of, offload it. Maybe it's just something as simple as yard work or housework, or, or maybe it's some you know, component of paying bills and organizing things that you don't enjoy. There are people out there that enjoy doing that stuff. And so once you get clear about what you want out of your life and what, what you want more of in your life, you can use money as a tool to, to make those things happen. And if you do the same thing with now applying that concept to retirement, are you retiring to something or are you retiring from something? And so like in the case I mentioned, if you've got a high stress job or there's just a lot going on, there's some restructuring and it's, it's a very stressful environment. You know, I, I see a lot of people that they're just like, I'm tired of it. I don't want to do this anymore. And so they're, they're retiring from something, but they haven't put the thought into what they're retiring to. And very often they think, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to retire. I'm just going to go golf every day. I'm going to sit on the beach and drink margaritas. And after a couple months of that, golf gets kind of boring. You know, you've, you've, you've played every course in town and um, a lot of your friends are still working maybe. So getting, getting a foursome together every day isn't, isn't an option. And sitting on the beach drinking margaritas, which I'm not so much for the margarita part, but sitting on the beach is awesome. After, you know, maybe a week or so of that, I, I think you're, you're ready for something else. And so what I see happen a lot is their portfolio and their finances become their new purpose in their job. So these people that I've been very busy, they've been very good delegators, they've offloaded their financial uh, you know, decisions and the portfolio management to me. Pretty soon they start watching CNBC every day and they're looking at their statements going on Schwab. And all of a sudden I'm getting a call like every other day from these people that all of a sudden their portfolio has, has become their job. And you find out at home, they're driving their spouse crazy. So if you don't put the work into deciding what am I retiring to, you can set yourself up for a little bit of frustration and maybe a little bit of agony or frustration over about a year or two until you settle down to it. So very good to, to think ahead about what am I retiring to? Make, make sure you've got a plan there. Interesting how both seem to play a factor there in the decision-making process and sort of shaping that early retirement is, yeah, looking at what you're retiring to and from. So uh, that's a really important and very revealing if you can, you know, take yourself as you're listening to today's show, kind of take yourself through that mental exercise. Really, really important. And and this is kind of where that psychological component comes in, right, Brian? Yeah. And, and so I've got a tool and thinking tool that I actually acquired as part of a coaching program, Dan Sullivan's strategic coach program, he would always put things in a three-year time horizon and um, plan accordingly. But he would always say, always make your future bigger than your past. 
So always make your future bigger than your past. That's I like well, that. What, yeah. When you're working and you're building a business or having a career, th that made a lot of sense because it was either more money or a bigger position or a promotion or you know bigger portfolio, something like that. It, it always goes back to the work, the finances, the money, income, things like that. But and 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 you know your your kids making them successful, prosperous, well-adjusted, you know, functional members of society. Those, those are all good things that you do as a parent. But in retirement, it's like if you're quitting and giving up these things that you've spent so much time doing and, and making important to you, how do you make your future bigger than your past at the end of your life? And it really comes back to what people would call purpose or... Uh, meaning, some of those things. And, and I'm not as touchy-feely and woo-woo uh, about all that stuff as, as some people are, but it's very important. And, and so putting a structure in place to think about, well, again, three years is a good time frame to plan on because you it's a year after the year after next. So it's not so far in advance that it, it seems incomprehensible. And uh, it's not so short term that it's immediate and causes us stress. And again, this all comes from from Dan Sullivan's uh, program. And so after working through that question on my own over a number of years, I've come up with a number of categories. And I will ask people in three years, if we were you know, sitting here looking backwards, what, what has happened over the past three years in these categories that you would be happy with the results? Well, money is an obvious one. Uh, the portfolio has grown. We've had all the income. We've started claiming Social Security. The pensions are coming in. Whatever, whatever the financial ones are, th those are pretty straightforward. Maybe it's some gifting to kids or helping fund a, a, a college fund. That's the stuff we do all day, every day with this. But then I've I've started pushing people about relationships. When you retire, you are going to lose a lot of relationships that you had as part of your day-to-day -day business, showing up at the office, you get invited to the Christmas parties and all that stuff. And, and most people don't realize how much of their uh, social interaction is tied into their work. And so if you don't do some things proactively to form new relationships, and this can be improving the relationship with your spouse, doing meaningful things with children, making new friends, Think about relationships that you can consciously make time and venture out and try some new things, not necessarily knowing where it's going to lead. But if you do nothing, you know, I can promise nothing's going to happen. Love that. The old uh, Wayne Gretzky quote, right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Kind of a little bit of that spirit, right? Yeah, of yeah exactly. I, I like that one. And I like the uh, Henry Ford uh, quote, whether you think you can or you can't. You are right. Mm. I like that. And okay. Yeah. I, I always think tell about that me, for a but, second. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my, my kids will always ask me, well, can I do this? Or what, I can't ask said, Well, whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. And if you think you can't, you're not going to try. But if you think you can and you're determined, you're, you'll, you'll find a way to make. It may not cut, turn out exactly like you planned or, or wanted, but the main thing is don't do nothing. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Do something. Yeah. Makes sense. So, Brian, what are those other categories that you were mentioning? Right. Health is the one that clearly should not be neglected. If we're living longer, maintaining 
strength and uh, you know bone and joint health and all that kind of stuff, don't neglect your health. Find some way to get active, involved, structure some time around that. You know, Laura's my my workout guru in our house, so I'm always taking notes from her. Fun is the other one. And you need to consciously make a, like every day is not going to be fun all the time. It's not going to be like at the, the you know, nonstop party or, or golf outings. But what are your hobbies? What travel goals do you want? Not just doing the same thing every day, but putting some big objectives out there. I've got one couple that's planning a two-month trip to Italy. And they're having different friends and family come visit them while they're there. And it's, it's just going to be an epic trip. And making some milestones and some some memories like that, uh, very important. Do you agree with your spouse on where you want to go, what your leisure activities are? They may be different and you may want to have different times where you've got guys trips and the girls trips and things like that. Another one is new capabilities. This is one I really push people on because a lot of times they've retired, they quit. They aren't looking at developing a new skill or getting better at something or, or learning new things. And even if, it, if, it, if it's just a, a learning history classes or books and things like that, what new capability or new knowledge do you want to acquire? And that keeps you curious. That keeps you actively, you know, mentally involved. It keeps you interesting because you've got new stuff to share with people. Uh, so focus on capabilities. And then the final one, uh, contribution and impact. And I mentioned mentoring and helping, you know, relationship wise, some of these overlap a little bit, but what contribution do you want to make? Is it with the church? Is it with the nonprofit? What specific impact do you want to have? And again, having money frees you to do some things. And as, as opposed to just hoarding money and, and writing up your will and leaving it all off to, uh, you know, somebody at your death, use your money while you're alive to, to make some impact and, and, contribute to organizations or individuals or thing causes that, that you believe in. And uh, you'll, you'll get a lot more fulfillment out of that. But if you, if you run that exercise out and come up with objectives for the next three years in those categories, now you can dial it back to the next one year and then the things that you're going to focus on in, in the next quarter. And I've, I found that structure to be immensely helpful. So if anybody want, has not, and wants to go through that exercise, uh, yeah, be sure to let me know. We talked a lot about motion and, and travel and, and contribution and taking care of your health and those relationships and money. And all of that seems to fall a little bit kind of in the category of maybe your your early retirement years or the first half, perhaps, of retirement. And then do things shift now that Americans are living longer? Does that change a little bit of the nature of how retirement is experienced by people as they get older? Yeah, so, so there's a new book by Joseph Coughlin that I've got on my radar to read. I've, I've not read it just yet, but I've read an article about it and it seems to be focused in on, on the same topic and, and hits the nail on the head. The title of the book is called The Longevity Economy. And uh, his, yes, his point is, is the classic retirement framework around having enough money in old age is necessary but it's, it's not complete. And so he says, leisure is a story we wrote for retirement when it was short. And if you go back a generation or two, retirement was you know maybe five or 10 years if you were lucky. And now more than not, we're seeing 
10, 15, 20, 30 year retirements. And so he says, leisure is the story we wrote for retirement when it was short. And therefore life is the new story we need to write when it becomes so much longer. And that goes back to that, that meaning, that purpose, you know, what you want to accomplish and really getting something significant out of your retirement. Because if you are 65, there's a 50% chance that you will make it to 85. And if so, that's, that's a third of your life in, in retirement. So uh, rather than being this short period, you know, kind of earmarked for leisure, we need to make retirement a little more dynamic, maybe have some part-time gigs and in a variety of ways, you know, to stay engaged. So that's, that's my thoughts on it. I haven't completely solved the issue, but I think uh, talking about it and exploring it will certainly get the ball rolling. Okay, very good. Well, uh, appreciate the look through of all of these different moving parts on the show today. Questions about longevity and uh, that changing retirement landscape and what you're going to be doing. I hope it inspires some people to think about how you're going to spend your time in retirement, maintain those relationships, health, all those different categories that we discussed. Because, Brian, it's all just as important as the financial components that you help people walk through on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, uh, more and more, I have found that my training in uh, finance, economics, and investments, I should have been taking a lot more psychology and understanding how the brain works. Because I, I, over the years, I have found myself morphing into that role of, you know, just, just kind of helping people have a positive outlook and things like that. And you can go through money, numbers, spreadsheets, Monte Carlo simulations and, and the like, but um, you've got to have some ways of, of, of positively looking forward. What's your plan? What are the non-financial uh, components of your life? Because that, that's really what it's about at the, at the end of the day. So yeah, hopefully this was helpful. All part of your financial goals, not only the financial component, but uh, the, the what you want to do, the what you're striving for, and how you're uh, currently operating. All of those things are important. If you want to get a handle on all of those goals and need a plan for how to save or need help with investment management, all of those things are covered when you work with Brian Doe, again, Certified Financial Planner. That certification is the standard of excellence in financial planning, and those CFP professionals like Brian meet rigorous education training, ethical standards, very committed to serving clients' best interests today to help prepare you for a more secure tomorrow. Brian's got over 20 years of experience doing this for folks each and every day in the office. And so if you've got questions or you want to see if you're a good fit to work with Brian or how he might be able to help you better prepare for your financial future, go ahead and give a call today and you can set up a free 15-minute call with Brian to see if you can get some clarity around those goals that we've talked about. You can call 706-451-9800, 706-451-9800, or go to livingworth.com and just click book a call. That's livingworth.com. Click book a call. You can find that contact info in the description of today's show, of course. Well, Brian, thank you for all the help and the guidance on the show today. And um, boy, we covered so much ground from spam to retirement to travel and Utah and all sorts of things. So this was a fun one. Appreciate your insights. Yeah, it was fun. Great questions and uh, good, good talking about all the stuff. 
Have fun driving around Florida with uh, with your daughter and checking out the hot springs. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting cold all about springs. it with These you. are cold, oh, cold springs. springs. Cold springs. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get a hot spring in Florida, right? It's going to be cooling off a little bit. Uh, yeah. Good point. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for being with us on the show today. We'll see you next time on Make the Dough Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.